0: To listen to a sermon from Newtown Erskineville Anglican Church. As a church, we want to see whole communities captivated by Jesus Christ and living out His freedom. Uh, the first reading uh, is Psalm 1, and that can be found on five, page 532 of the Pew Bibles. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish.
1: Hey, I'm uh, Lemuel. Um, The second reading is from 2 Peter, chapter 3, verses 13 to 18, and that can be found on page 1206. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort, as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen.
2: Well, let me pray as we come to God's word this evening. Father God, we thank you and praise you for the great privilege we have of gathering this evening. We thank you for the opportunity of looking at your word And we ask that you would speak to us uh, through your word, that our lives might change, that we might be transformed uh, by your word. And we ask that as we leave here, we might be people who make plans for next year, uh, plans to grow in grace. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, usually about this time of the year, people start making plans for next year. You might not be the kind of person who gets to New Year's Eve and says, you know, this is, this is kind of what I'm going to do. You might be the kind of person who, uh, like, doesn't really like to kind of make those sort of plans. But you no doubt have made other kinds of plans, uh, plans to go on holidays or plans to perhaps secure a certain position or to, uh, plans to kind of study more perhaps, um, plans to do something next year. And we do a lot of planning about this time of year, a lot of thinking about what is actually taking place in the coming year because we want to be prepared for it. But I wonder if you've ever prepared to grow in grace, uh, whether you've prepared uh, next year to grow in grace. Uh, It turns out that growing in grace is actually a really important thing. Uh, We'll discover this in our passage today uh, in 2 Peter you might like to turn there to Peter chapter 3. And we're looking particularly at verses 17 and 18. Growing in grace is really important. And it turns out that it's really important because it prevents you from falling from a secure position in your faith. It prevents you from moving away from your Christian faith. Growing in grace is central to going on. Uh, It's almost like you need to keep growing if you're not going to fall away. Um, I guess a metaphor for this that you might like to have in the back of your head as we think about this is the metaphor of a fixie. Uh, If you've ever ridden a fixie, you know how they work. Uh, Basically, if you're going to stay on the bike and not fall over, you're going to have to keep pedalling. Because if you stop pedalling, you just fall over. How many people have written a fixie here? A few people? Yeah, okay. So the idea is you've just got to keep peddling, otherwise you fall over. And that's kind of a metaphor for this whole passage, actually. You've got to keep peddling, otherwise you fall over. Now, the passage we're looking at tonight is written by Peter. And Peter knows about falling over. You may remember when Jesus was uh, going to his death... Peter, a close friend, an apostle, someone who'd been by his side all those years, said, I will be with you to the end. And Jesus turns to him and says, no, no, actually, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter says, no, 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 that's just not possible. Peter obviously felt he was secure. He knew what he was doing. He understood what it meant to follow Jesus. Jesus. And yet, of course, what happens is he falls. And Jesus knows he's going to fall. And Jesus says these quite beautiful words to him in Luke chapter 22, uh, verses 31 and 32. He says, I have prayed for you, Simon Peter, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, when you listen to that, when you have turned back, you're going to deny me. Strengthen your brothers and sisters. This is your job. When you have turned back, strengthen your brothers and sisters. And so in 2 Peter, that's exactly what he's doing. He's strengthening his brothers and sisters. And in fact, the word there, strengthen, turns up in the passage here. It's almost like that's the background to what we're reading tonight. Uh, he knows what it is to fail, and now he sees his job as strengthening his brothers and sisters. So come with me to the passage, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 17 to 18. You'll notice there's a slight variation in what I'm saying. And that's because as I looked at the original, I thought, ah, actually, we could put it this way a little bit better. So let's, let's read it. Therefore, dear friends, be on your guard... So that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless people and fall from your secure position. Be on your guard. Now, it it means what it says. It's like that idea of a guard sitting outside uh, someone's cell, guarding someone, stopping them escape. Uh, It's like being watchful and thoughtful and intentional. Be on your guard. Uh, It's a real threat. This really could happen. It happened to Peter. Peter knows it happened to him. It's possible to be carried away, to fall from your secure position, to fall off your bike. It's it's possible to do that. Uh, Peter knows full well, and, and perhaps you know full well as well. Perhaps you have friends or family who once were people who were committed and devoted and following Jesus, but kind of over time have, have fallen away, perhaps have not continued, and sadly so. Now, in Peter's particular case, uh, the reason that people are leaving is because there are some lawless people who are helping others fall from their secure position. Now, if you turn back and look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, you'll see some of the people that he's talking about. But there were also false prophets among the people. He's referring to Old Testament times. Just as there will be false teachers amongst you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who brought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. Now that can happen in churches. Uh, In my previous church, there's this guy, he was really friendly, really nice um, and people started to get to know him and started to talk to him included him in all kinds of different things and then one day uh, one of our elderly missionaries who's retired a beautiful, beautiful woman called Bessie Parker she's now with the Lord she came to me and said Roger, I think there's a problem I think this man is teaching something that's not true about Jesus would you come and talk with me? Would you come and talk to him with me? And so I did, and and we discovered almost straight away that he didn't believe Jesus was God. And yet he was very attractive. People were starting to believe him, people were starting to be interested in what he had to say. It happens it's possible that we get dragged sideways because of what people say within our churches. Of course, that's not the only thing that can help us fall from a secure position. Sure, there may be people who lead us in deceptive ways, but sometimes we can be deceived because of the things around us or the people around us. Sometimes it can seem like a good idea to go for that next position in our our job. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves spending more and more time uh, in our job and having less and less time to be with other Christians. And then over a period of time we find ourselves, well, actually not spending much time with God because, well, we've been attracted by something different. Or perhaps it's our friends and, and over time our friends kind of make it difficult to keep following Jesus. And they keep asking us to kind of come away from following Jesus. Um, And they say, look, come this way. This is a better way. And over time, it's difficult to resist and difficult to say no. Or perhaps there's the lure of study or some other kind of thing that means that we get involved in a different kind of life. Now, all of these things, of course, are good things and great things, but they're not ultimate things. And sometimes they draw us away. They take us away. They mean that we start falling off our bike. We stop growing in grace. And as it turns out, Peter goes on to tell us that the way to deal with this is to grow in grace. You see what he says there? But. He doesn't say and. He says but. You can fall from your secure position, but grow in grace. Now, of course, this idea of growth has a number of things to it. What does it mean to grow? Well, if you grow, it means you're already alive. Um, something that grows is something that is alive. And for the person who follows Jesus, they are alive in Christ. You might remember that passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. The person who's in Christ, the person who's following Jesus, is alive, is new, is a new creation. And so growth comes with a person who is already born again, who is already new, who already has new life. Dead things don't grow. But growth is about moving forward. Growth is about developing and changing. Now, to kind of mix metaphors a little bit here, you might have noticed uh, outside we have a very large tree. Uh, It's a beautiful tree. And people come and speak to me about this tree all the time. I wander outside my door. There's someone usually taking a photo, someone talking about this beautiful tree. And they often say to me, when was this tree planted? And I say, oh, well, it was planted at the same time as the cottage, 1838. It was just a little, little sapling. And they go, wow. That's, that's amazing. From that time, it's huge. It's gigantic. Isn't that just amazing? This tree started really, really small. And it's just grown. Now... Sometimes, it's probably had some growth spurts. Other times, it's experienced trauma. There's been a drought. In fact, I read a report just the other day that talked about a time of drought where the tree experienced trauma. But it's been growing. Now, the thing about its growth is it's almost imperceptible. We don't have time-lapse photography to show you from 1938 from 1838 sorry to how it got to here you can't see it growing now but it's growing little bit by little bit by little bit and it's taken forever and that's the kind of growth that I think Peter is talking about here when he talks about growing in grace It's that kind of thing that just takes years, step by step, moment by moment, year by year by year, almost imperceptibly, almost as if you look back and you go, oh, oh, I've grown in grace, how about that, I didn't realise it was happening, it's kind of just taken place. Of course, that doesn't tell us everything, does it? Because Peter says that we can grow in grace. In some ways, it's kind of an odd statement. Because haven't we received grace because of what Jesus has done on the cross? Haven't we received God's unmerited favor to us? Isn't it already complete? Isn't it already ours? You might remember words like, for it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works not, that no one can boast. We've we've got it already. So in what sense can we grow in grace? I don't think Peter see here saying is growing in graciousness, although that would be part of it. What does it actually mean to grow in grace? Well, you might notice in the passage that we've been looking at that Peter puts this idea of growing with grace in grace with the idea of And in knowledge of our Lord, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, He links the two, and I think that's important because it gives us an insight into what I think He's getting at here. He's not suggesting for one moment that we haven't been saved by grace and that God hasn't done everything, everything for us in the cross. But what is true is that we don't always appropriate that for ourselves. We don't always fully and richly understand what that means. We can't have a knowledge, but we need to grow in our knowledge of who Jesus is. We need to grow in our knowledge of him as Lord, as the master, as the one who rescues us. And that knowledge and that grace needs to sink deep. Deep. And that knowledge and that grace takes years and years and years and years to sink deep. It's not like we move beyond it. It's like something we need to keep coming back to. Something that we need to soak ourselves in. Something that transforms us gently and slowly over many, many years. You might say, well, what does that actually look like? How does that actually work? How does, how does growing... What, what does growing in grace look like? Well, let me give you some examples of what I think it, it could like, look like. And you may be able to think of others. At this time of the year, or perhaps as you look into the new year, it's easy to get a little bit anxious, isn't it? To think about, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, if, if I make the wrong move here... Perhaps my life will be no good. Perhaps I'll have destroyed my life. And so we we send up quick prayers to God, like, "Please don't make me. Let me make a mistake. I don't want to stuff up my life. Please don't. You know, please, please help me." But what if if we were more kind of conscious of God's grace and what Jesus has done, and we started our prayer with something like this? Well, actually. My whole life is a gift. It's a gift of God's. He's got me here so far. He's already been generous to me in the cross. He's already rescued me. He's also called me, he called me to himself. He loves me so much that he sent his own son to die in my place. surely, If he's done all that for me already, then he'll give me what I need in the future. He'll care for me. He'll walk beside me. He'll still my heart, no matter what the future's like. You see how that works? You see how God's grace kind of sinks deeper, makes a difference as you grow in the knowledge of God's grace and of Jesus Christ? Well, perhaps you're the sort of person who finds anger and pride close by and you're used to thinking, well, I'm not getting what I deserve. These people are not treating me right. It's just not fair. And of course, there are many situations where that does happen, where things just aren't fair. Perhaps you throw up a quick prayer. God, I pray that your justice will reign right now. (laughs) Bring these people to justice because that's what we need. Now, that may be needed as well, of course. But what about letting God's grace touch your heart? What about saying, actually, the truth is, I've never really gotten what I deserve. Jesus stood in my place. He took what I deserve. He is the one that stood in my place. And and I guess... I need to recognise that. And no one treated him right either. I guess I will just need to trust him. I'll need to understand that he's walked before me. That he knows what it's like to be treated like this. I wonder how I can be humble like him. I wonder how I can meet people where they are when they don't treat me right. How can I show them the love that's been shown to me, someone who doesn't deserve this love? What can I do? Or perhaps just to give you one last example this evening. You find yourself in a position where, as you look into the next year, you realise that your life is going a bit pear-shaped. And as you look around, you think, God, why? I mean, that just is not fair. I've done all the right things. I follow you, I worship you, I read my Bible, I go to church, I love people. Surely I deserve better than this. Surely, somehow, God, you must give me the life I deserve. Well, I guess that's sometimes the way we feel, isn't it? Sometimes the way we feel when we we look around and life is falling apart. But what if we, we came to Jesus and said, Jesus, look, my life looks like it's falling apart. But I recognize that I don't deserve anything because of the way I've acted towards others and towards you. And yet you have been gracious towards me. I want to thank you for your graciousness. I want to thank you for the life that you have given me. Thank you for your grace towards me. And I know I don't understand why I'm going through this now. I understand it might be for my own training and for my own good, but to be honest, I can't see that at the moment. But I know because of what Jesus has done on the cross, I know because of the way you've reached out to me, that you will exercise your fatherly love within my trial. I know you will walk beside me. Do you see how it works? How growing in grace and in a knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ can transform the way we approach the year. It can prevent us from falling, yes, but it can actually help us in our day-to-day activities. And so Peter here is challenging us and saying, make sure you continue to grow in grace. Guard yourself, yes, but make sure you continue to grow in grace. Make sure it's part of your plans. And so I invite you this evening as we conclude just to consider... How are you making plans for next year? Are you making plans to grow in grace? Are you putting that in place in your life? In fact, is that the most important thing in your life? Growing in grace? Are you making sure you're moving other things aside so that there's time to grow in grace? Time to meet with other people? Time to study God's word together? Time to think and reflect and to pray? Have you put those things in first and then let the other things fall around them. Because I want to encourage you. Grow in grace. It'll stop you falling. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you and praise you for your word. And we thank you that you continue to challenge us, challenge us and encourage us. We pray that we would be people who continue to grow in grace and a knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. May that shape and form us in the coming year. And where we find it so difficult and so challenging, we ask that through your grace, we may trust you and be empowered by your love. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Newtown Erskineville Anglican Church Podcast. For more audio content and information about our church, please visit neac.com.au.